Hello, everyone, and welcome to Made with Jackie Hansel. My guest today is Sherry Magid, and she is a writer. Sorry, now I have to find a specific title. She is a writer and also an Associates Arts Professor of Dramatic Writing at NYU Tisch. So welcome, Sherry. She is a longtime friend of mine that I haven't seen in years. In, in way too long. Way it doesn't too make long. any sense. Oh, my gosh. Um, Sherry chose to talk about Community, Season 3, Episode 4, Remedial Chaos Theory. Now, I'm just going to, I'll start with the synopsis, I guess we call it, of the series Community, in case you guys haven't heard of it, which shame on you. No. (laughs) Um, Let's see here. So Jeff Winger, who's played by Joel McHale, right, is disbarred and suspended from his law firm when it is discovered that he lied about having a bachelor's degree from Columbia University. To earn a legitimate degree, he enrolls at Greendale Community College in Colorado. He quickly becomes attracted to his classmate, social activist Britta Perry, and pretends to run a study group in order to spend time with her. Britta invites classmate Abid Nadir, a socially awkward and pop culture obsessed student who in turn brings other classmates along. Religious single mother Shirley Bennett, naive overachiever Annie Edison, former high school football star Troy Barnes, and bigoted elderly millionaire (laughs) Pierce Hawthorne, who's played by Chevy Chase. Um, Despite their differences, the group's members soon become close friends. They are often roped into helping the college's flamboyant dean Greg Craig, sorry, Pelton, in his schemes to make the school seem more respectable as well as having to deal with the antics of their mentally unstable teacher and eventual classmate and friend, Ben Chang. Okay. So in remedial chaos theory. Wait, can I interrupt yeah. you? That yeah. is like, it's so funny because that um, summary of community is so not what community is. It's like <laughs> well, what communities. <laughs> yeah. It's what communities started doing but the fun of it is it went like in season one and the paintball episode it just started going way off of that and like the college it's just like an exercise in like meta storytelling and like turning turning stories into like really unexpected um uh scenario so anyway no, yeah, thank I just you. found that so interesting that that's what it says. Wikipedia, Wikipedia. come on. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> well, I'll see what if you agree with this part. <laughs> okay, yeah, I probably I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. It's all right. Um, okay, so remedial chaos theory is the fourth episode of oh, I said it, the third season of the series. Um, so it follows the study group to the housewarming, right? Of um Tro- uh, Troy and Abid, right? And when Jeff throws a die to turn, okay, so the pizza comes up. They don't have this in here. So they, they order pizza and they're all sitting around and none of them want to get the pizza. So they all put their fingers on their nose. And so Jeff decides he's going to throw a die to determine, and there's seven of them, who will go to collect the pizza delivery from downstairs. Seven different timelines unfold, showing each member of the group leaving to collect it, depending on the outcome of the die, including, oh my God, I'm going to say this word wrong, Canon. Oh my gosh, you know this word, canonical, canon, canonical, C-A-N-O-N-I-C-A-L. Canonical, canonical. Thank you, Canan- canonical, <laughs> the speech thought is the writer, okay. Canonical <laughs> timeline in which a bead catches it before it lands. Excuse me. The episode was intended to be the third episode of the season, I don't know if you knew this, but was delayed by a week 
due to filming, editing and visual effects overrunning as a result, competitive ecology due to be fourth was aired third. This also won. It was nominated for an Emmy. Yes. I don't think it won, but it was nominated. Wait, yeah. McKenna received, that's one of the writers, I believe, right? Received a PAAFTJ award and an Emmy award nomination. Sorry, there we go. For his work on the episode. Yeah. It also received a Hugo award nomination. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, well, what's your, I mean, obviously you're an expert on community. (laughs) I I don't know if I'm an expert, but I'm a a fan. I'm a (laughs) fan. Don't you? I did. I mean, yeah. I actually taught it, which is yes. hilarious. I taught it um, for a long time. Yeah. For a long time. But um, yeah. Uh, so wait, what was your question? Well, what, like, I was going to get into why did you pick this episode, yeah. I guess, in this series? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, there's so many different reasons why <laughs> I I picked the episode. I mean, like I was also, you know... So as I was telling you, I had some contemporary episodes that I was thinking of. There was um, one from The Bear um, that I had, mm-hmm. like watched after I picked this. That I just think season two of The Bear, they're doing amazing things. And then I also thought of um, doing the severance finale, but you can't talk about the severance finale without ruining the whole thing for everybody. Right. And I thought that was mean. <laughs> but um, I think like what was interesting is like, you know, I'm somebody who I'm a writer, but I also mostly at NYU teach television writing and I have a lot of students that are out there writing TV. And so I look at a lot of television and this was like the knee jerk response. This was yeah. the boom. That's the mm-hmm. first thing that comes into my head. And I think for several reasons. One is that I remember when I started teaching it, I didn't really know it that well. And I, I started watching a different episode and was it was this karaoke episode. I can't remember which one yeah. it is. And um, it was so great that I like redid it. And then uh, my husband came home, uh, rewatched it and he came in and then we had to, I had to watch the other one. And he's like, what the, f- what is this? And I, I'm sorry. I don't know if we can swear here. Um, so, I, well, I didn't. I stopped no, myself, didn't. even you though did. I wanted yeah. to. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I was. So it just was such amazing storytelling. It mm-hmm. was so inspired, and um, I was obsessed with it. And then there was a writer friend that came to visit, and I was like, "Oh my god, you got to see this episode!" And when um, the fifth timeline, I think, is is the craziest. And the thing is, like, when you're a writer, you're like tracking all the things Mm. that are happening in a different timeline and you're like okay well all of this has to go off like a game of remember that old game mousetrap where like one thing causes the other like you're just waiting for it to happen and it happens in such a crazy unlikely way that it's just absolutely delightful and hilarious and um uh so so those were some of the reasons why i chose it and also like we to this day still quote it like still, you know, in fact, as you and I were talking before yeah. the episode, you said came up organically. And I mm-hmm. said, that's literally a direct line that yep. Pierce says like yep. over and over again. So it's, it's, it's very quotable and it's, it's just, it's so zany. And it feels like in watching the episode that the actors are having a freaking blast. Yes. And if you read anything about community it was not a very happy set but it really? seems like they were happy yeah it really wasn't a happy Aww. set but um but it seems like they're having a blast it's just fun so yeah, yeah. um it is i mean it's great it's a great show it's definitely very different um and it's still i mean i only i had watched it 
back I think when it came out but I don't I, I did not watch every episode and then you were like don't you know don't binge all these up you like told me specific ones to watch um but what I can from what I can see in a way it's still timeless like even though it's yeah when was it when did it come out oh it was like God. in the aughts I mean like it's it was a long time ago yeah I think. yeah uh they actually on this summary too they do go through each scenario but we don't yeah need to us do that of course like the last one is that if it was that one right that everything would have just like there would have been a fire <laughs> pierce would have yeah, died the, the, f- the, did, fifth, the, the fifth timeline is the dark the dark the okay. darkest timeline yeah. yeah yeah um yeah and also one thing that's fun just um that the summary doesn't say is that basically jeff devised a game Yes. whereby he would never have to get the pizza. Right. And they yeah. and then when when he gets the pizza, everything goes right. Everything goes right. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> he needed to leave. <laughs> yeah, he needed to leave for them to be able to have the party. Yeah. Yeah. Um do you think about timelines like that? Do you ever think like, "Oh, if I if I had left five minutes earlier, maybe this would have happened. Or why was I running late? Why did I, why was I late? Maybe if I had gone earlier, then something bad would have, like, do you ever think like that in timelines like that? I'm trying to think, I mean, I've certainly thought of it, but I'm like, do I, do I consistently think like that? Right. I don't, I don't think so. I think that like, as a, as a writer, I, I find it, the structure really interesting. And I, (laughs) I think about, I think about structure of storytelling a lot mm-hmm. as a writer because right. I feel like um, um, I'm always interested in the relationship between form and content mm-hmm. and how the container like is also like what the thing is. So I think that's also something like just that this moment can can go like six to and, and there's repetition right. in it, um, mm-hmm. which is also <clears throat> really fun. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean like. I guess like we all have different, like, it's true that, okay, you know, uh, it's like with a, with a draft of something, it can go Mm. in a million different ways, Mm -hmm. depending on so many different uh, things that you're experiencing. So I, I think of it that way that like, so you think of it more in the writing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I also, I say to people like writing's never done. It just stops in interesting places. So I think Mm. it's so affected by like what you're doing at any given moment. So yeah. Yeah. In elementary school where I work, they say, when you think you're done, you've only just begun. (laughs) And they're writing. Well, that is, that is definitely true (laughs) as a teacher, but you know, at a certain point, like as a writer, you're like, it's done. It's gotta be done. Those, 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 those camera people need it. I got to stop being obsessive compulsive about it. Yeah. Because um, I was going to say, I always think of that movie Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Yep, 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 I mean, yep, I don't, yep. I mean, if, if I thought like that all day, I'd drive myself nuts. You'd but go there crazy. Will, yeah. There will be times when I'm late for something or I'm like, you know, why did this happen? Or I get, I, you know, yep. and I'm like, maybe it saved me from something like that. That's the only time it ever will, you know, really cross my mind, but I don't live too much. I mean, I think sometimes about like why something was meant to happen. Yeah. Like I, um, I have a very good friend now. I met her at a party and we met because she liked what I was wearing and I was liked what she was wearing. <laughs> and, um, 
she asked me what I did. And I said, I'm a writer that writes about um, sex and intimacy. And she said, I'm a writer that writes about gender and politics. She's a columnist for the nation. And I, and I literally like had this thought, oh, I'm at this party to meet you. That's why I'm here at this party. So I think that there's something, something to you. And I think I I was, I think I literally was at that party to meet her because she's one of my dearest friends now. And good thing you wore what you wore because she wouldn't have. (laughs) Yeah, because otherwise the whole thing would have gone. (laughs) Yeah, it's always, Jackie, as you know, I know you know, it's always about clothes. Always. Yes. It's always about clothes. Yes. All right. Yeah. So I have this like my random notes that I took while during it. So I thought it was interesting that Annie had the gun and the show Annie Get Your Gun, the musical. I don't know if that was done oh, that's purposely funny. or not. You know, that's my little thing. Yeah. Um, just I loved the part when Shirley goes to get the pizza and then she comes back and she's like, all of you are making googly eyes at each other. And they look at each other and <laughs> they all like make faces and – um Chevy, I always keep calling him Chevy Chase. It's Pierce at the end with the troll, with the gnome troll or whatever. I don't, that part. Oh my I God, the gnome, the troll is part. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, the troll is amazing. Troy with the candy cigarettes. I mean, I, I was like, and then the the toilet olives. There's the toilet olives. olives on oh, the toilet. A, I mean. That's another thing that we'll, we'll say, how are the, to- do we need to re- replenish the toilet <laughs> olives? Like we still say that. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So, and then I, I teared up when they were all dancing together. To I know it's really joyful, yeah. which is nice. It's yeah. Cause that's when, when uh, Jeff comes back after getting the pizza, they are all dancing together and he smiles. And everything. Yeah. So I did, I love that part. So that is upsetting if they were, <laughs> it wasn't such a good set, but you know, they, they, I felt the joy in that. So. You know, what's Um, fun too is like, if you look at outtakes uh, of it, um, mm -hmm. so Troy is played by Donald Glover, who Mm -hmm. like, nobody really knew who he was at that point. And Mm -hmm. um, so when um, he's looking in Annie's purse, and he's like, does anyone know what a pregnancy test looks like? Yeah, that's what it is in the episode. And there and they describe it. And he goes, so, so this is this is a gun. Right. And there's outtakes of him going, does anyone know, like, and lists like five, like 10 different objects, you know, he just was yeah. like spitballing and like, it's, it's just really funny because yeah. no one knew what he was going to say. That's awesome. That's funny. Yeah. So did they go with the pregnancy test one? Is that maybe what they did? I, I don't guess know. So. That's funny. I guess so. Um, yeah. Do you, I should have looked that up. Was there much? Well, maybe not for this episode. Do you know if there was much ad libbing in this series? I mean, like, I really think that the actors playing, um, you know, Donald Glover and uh, the guy playing Abed, I think that they had such a yeah rapport yeah. that they probably ad libbed a little bit more. I mean, Joe McHale started as a comedian, so probably he right. ad libbed, and then the people yeah. that were more actors may not mm-hmm. have been. Um, yeah. Um, so who's your favorite character you think on this? Do you have a favorite character? I mean, like, I love all of them, but like, I, I love all of them. And I think that, um, I think of another quote from there is Annie calls when she finds out what Jeff cooked up so that he could be avoidant of this. He says, Jeff, you wily jackrabbit, (laughs) which is 
another like quote that I always yeah. say, you widely jab grab it. Um, and so I, I mean, like the fact that he's always got an angle on something mm-hmm. and he's kind of a dick, but he's yeah. sorry, kind, but okay. lovable too. That's okay. Um, it's, I think that's acceptable. That one's um, acceptable. Yeah. But I mean, like I, the, you know, I, I just feel like they were, I guess what my answer would be to you is they're such a good ensemble. Mm-hmm. Um, the way yeah. they're all ricocheting off each yeah. other. And I just loved watching that. And yeah. also like, I, I, I guess like if I had to pick my favorite character it would be the writing. Do you know what right. I mean? Right. Like, yeah. The nerd that I am there. No, I just yeah, think I- that the, that, that some of those some of those episodes like they have a claymation episode that's um a christmas episode did i tell you to watch that I, Obit's uncontrollable I christmas it. i didn't watch it this it's, round i think i did though years ago it's I really so great it. it's so great so i'll have to anyway. watch that um is there a character you no they're probably not a, re, a character that you relate to <laughs> <laughs> i'd be it'd be really sad if i related to any of those characters um <laughs> I mean, do I relate to any of them? Like, I think that the what the thing is about like they're such um, what do you go? They're they're like tropes in a way, Mm -hmm. you know, like the the ingenue and the like, you know, all of those things. Mm -hmm. Do I relate to any of them? Do you see yourself in any? Like Annie was kind of annoying. She's kind of annoying, but there's certain things about her, like the the worrying about stuff and like I could see myself being a little like that in college or being, you know, maybe that, but I, yeah, there's not, I don't know. I don't think I really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. relate to, I mean, like uh, I appreciate the right. intense commitment to imagination <laughs> that Troy and Abed have, that, yeah. you know, they have this, they have this whole um, room in their apartment called the oh, Wow, I'm gonna botch it. It's not the Imaginarium, but it's something like that. Dreamatorium. Maybe it's the Dreamatorium where they like it's like a grid, but like anything can happen in there. I, I mean, like I, I feel like I should have a. I guess I do. I have an office where I write, but yeah. like I should make it like a Dreamatorium. Yeah, so it's like that's commitment, right? All right, let's get into your writing. Okay, how did you? I mean, tell us the story. The story of how I started writing? And did you always write or did you support yourself? I mean, obviously you were always writing. I mean, did you, from what I've known of you, you've always been a writer and and it's not like you were working another job to support yourself while you wrote, right? I mean, that I knew of, but I I don't know. I mean, when I first started out, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm very lucky to have a teaching position. In New York, which also yeah. yeah allows you to like not take the jobs that you don't want. Right. <laughs> um, so so there's that. But um yeah, I mean, there were definitely times where I was just writing and I, you know, I mean, like I was not the richest person in the world mm-hmm. during those times, mm-hmm. but I could support myself. And um uh yeah, or I did like I mean, I did so many things to support myself, like you know, those thankless jobs that you're mm-hmm. grateful for, like temping or <coughs> catering or mm-hmm. any of those kind of stuff. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, I mean, like I always wanted to write. Um, I came from um, parents that it's interesting because they took me and my sister to a lot of theater and they took us to a lot of art and they got a writer who started in theater and a visual artist. And so we always <laughs> joke, you didn't take us to Carnegie Halls. You didn't end up with the <laughs> musicians because we are very literal minded. Yeah. Like, okay. One, yeah. one of us will take one lane and one will take the other. Yeah. Um, although we've both had crossover because <laughs> yeah. I have like, I have a show as a visual artist right now, which is hilarious. And yeah. she also has um, books that she's written. So, yeah. Um, but um, so my entry point was through theater and mm -hmm. uh, I, I just started writing plays and then they started getting produced and then I started getting commissions. <laughs> um, and now, so I, I write theater, I write opera. So I write librettos for opera and I write, um, I'm writing a podcast, a scripted podcast right now. Um, I've also like, you know, one credit that... Um, like all my students and people of a certain demographic are mm -hmm. really thrilled with as I wrote on Arthur, the, the kids TV mm -hmm. show, um, which was really fun. And um, I've what written screenplays. What episode of that? Yeah. Um, so they were later episodes. So the, um, I, oh, I also thought about choosing one of my Arthur episodes, which I was like, how ridiculous hey, for the, your I've show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So what are they called? One is called He Said, He Said, okay. um, which was um, about, uh, what is it? Bionic Bunny, right? Bionic Bunny. There's a special that comes on every year and they all know it by heart and they're so excited to see it. And then the cable goes out. And so each one of them is like telling the story and they each get it wrong, except um, Carl, the, the autistic okay. the kid who's autistic. Okay. So he can remember it. But like, it was hilarious because when I pitched it and they loved it. And so then I started writing it. I'm like, I just created the most complicated <laughs> Arthur episode ever because I had to like come up with what the actual movie was. That's it right. that we don't even see. Right. And then I had to come up with like three different versions of how they, it was incorrect within that's, this 11. Like remedial chaos. I mean, it's a yeah, little bit it was like, like a story within a story. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. But I was like, seriously, it's 11 minutes. I just made this like the most complicated is, thing. And um, the other. That's, it's awesome. a good that's so cool. I, I have to stop saying awesome because that's all I say. But that is really cool that you. It's yeah, Arthur. it's fun. And, and like, I'll tell you, since this, you know, the Hudson Valley is um at the time my husband and I were going to like in the fall, we would go to corn mazes and like, I'm, I'm very bad at getting out of a corn maze. And I, I famously said to him, they should give you colored pencils. And he just like started laughing. I'm like, no. So like, if you go wrong, like right. that was the blue line. And he's like, yeah. they should give them to you. And I'm like, okay, you're right. Yeah. But um, so we, 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 we had like a bunch of fights in corn mazes. So corn mazes live large. And then at one point, um, you know, when I was writing it, I think I was, I was trying to explain to him like what I needed. And there was a chase scene. He goes, you should do it through a corn maze. And I was like, oh my God, they should have a chase through a corn maze. And like, if you watch the episode, oh my God, there's I'm a just, chase through I a corn maze. Totally and then, watching. Like you got to watch it. Yes. And then there's, um, 
there's like crowd surfing on the corn. Like I had so much fun with the corn. I like went to town on the corn. Um, and the other episode I wrote is called Take a Hike Molly. And it is, um, uh, they get lost in the woods, which I'm also, you know, as you can see, apparently I get lost in the yes. woods a lot. Um, so yeah. So I was, I was thinking of various trails. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun to take for that kind of show for, for whatever, to take your own personal experience and yeah. use it to tell the stories. So. And then you're going to see how they, um, the word a animate it. Animate like, it. Oh I, yeah. So oh yeah. Cool to see your idea. Like, oh, no. it's so, someone else it's, like it's so funny because the first thing that I pitched on the Bionic Bunny movie had all to do about these aqueducts and water and like water systems and whatever. And the note that came back from the animators was, hey, it's really hard to animate water in the program we use. Can you change it? And I was like, this is the whole idea. But I had to like come up with something else. But it was so funny. I was like, wow, did not see that coming. Couldn't Can't animate water. Okay. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's really funny. I mean, it's like really funny when you, um, whenever you're writing, you run into the practical problems of like why somebody can't Get do things. it. Or, or even <laughs> when you're producing something and you have to be like, okay, we don't have the budget for that. So right. like, what's the work around, you know? So anyway. Wow. Um, I wanted to just go back to when you said um, your parents took mm -hmm. you to theater. You grew up in Connecticut? Yeah. And they would take you into the city? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure. It's funny you're talking about getting lost in the woods because I grew up, you know, in the Hudson Valley around here and I would be in the woods like every single day and we would venture to this pond that was a little further from our house and we would always be like, we're not going to get lost on the way back. We would always get so discombobulated on the walk back to try to get to where our bikes were. That was the, and I remember we would get lost and I don't know, but the, then we'd find our way, but it was a panic because normally we always knew where we were. Yeah. It was just funny getting lost in the world. I think That's getting joke, lost though. as a, as a kid, getting lost as a kid is like, um, like a, a terrifying, yeah. uh, experience, but at least, you know, and I, let's say at least I was with my friends and back then though, kids would just play on their own. We, we would leave yeah, the house and I know. call back. So I, know. I mean, there was some panic, definitely. Um, but we weren't that far from home, thankfully. And, right. Yeah. But it, right. It, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The kids have to like get home before, like it's getting darker yeah. and, um, and you know, it's really about Molly won't say her, she, she's sorry about something that she oh. did. So, okay. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to, there's, I feel like you have so many stories to tell about your writing. You're writing. <laughs> has taken you to a lot of different places in the world, basically. Um, yeah. I know, but you can tell everyone, what brought you to the Hudson Valley was mm -hmm. your writing, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Why well, um, that story? I, yeah. I, um, you know, when you're, when you're a writer, you often apply to residencies. And so I applied to Birdcliff in Woodstock and, um, I went and it was like a three week residency and, uh, I just, um, and I, I really loved it. I, lo I loved, it. I mean, it was a little crazy cause at back then Birdcliff was like, there's a lot of wildlife that was like waltzing through. 
Uh, there yeah. probably still is, but yeah. you know, you, it's, it's like kind of funny. And then um, like camp. I went back. <laughs> yeah, it is like camp. And then I went back the second, a second year I was supposed to go to a different residency and that fell through. So I, I went back and then I found out that they had these um, cabins that you could apply for. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait, why didn't anyone tell me that? That's way yeah. more interesting. And so I got <laughs> one. And so what that meant is I, I, was able to be as much as I could. I had the cabin from May through September for five years. Uh, so I really, that's when I first started living up there. Like, you know, I was, I was never a weekender. I was always like there for periods of time. So can you tell the listeners and the watchers, uh, the viewers, what is Birdcliff for people who don't? Yeah. 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 So Birdcliff is, was the first utopian community, I, I, I think, in the United States. Um, and it was uh, the, the people that uh, were a part of it were um, craftsmen. And they did weaving. They made furniture. Uh, there were painters. Um, the actual first part of Birdcliff, um, and they made these uh, arts and crafts, beautiful arts and crafts, like the cottages. Um, so the actual Birdcliff only lasted as utopian communities do, not very long. So for like five years, and then there was another faction that split off. Um, But I don't know at what point um, some of the uh, cabins fell into private hands and Mm. uh, we still have friends that, um, that own one, which is Mm. super cool. But also some of them, uh, the guilds, the Birdcliff guild took over at a certain point. And then um, it following in tradition of, uh, artists that came up there to work, they they uh, made it possible for other artists to come. But there's some really famous artists. I think actually Chevy Chase was at Birdcliff. I might be wrong about that, but yeah. I think he was. And um, <laughs> like, I think, I I don't know. There's some famous artists. Mm-hmm. I want to say Louise Bourgeois, Bourgeois, but I'm not sure that's true because mm-hmm. uh, I might be, but or some, but there's some, some famous people that mm-hmm. spent time mm-hmm. there. Was yeah. it? I might be mixing it up, but was it originally created for people who were divorced? Was there something with divorced people or am I thinking of oh, something Oh, I don't else? know anything about that, but that's something. interesting. Uh, my husband would know, but he's Well, I mean, <laughs> y- y- yeah, right. You would figure that there's going to be a lot of people coming that have unusual, like, right. different from the norm backwards. But it was like, because I think, too, when it started... I don't know. I could be thinking of something else, but I thought because like when it started, like not a lot of people were getting, that was not very acceptable either in society, but I could be mixing a story up. So I won't say anything. (laughs) Basically though, bird clip, like furniture, you know, is coveted. It's worth a lot of money. Like that. Yep. Yeah. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. And there's a store in town in Woodstock that has jewelry and different pieces made by Birdcliff artists. So very cool. Yeah. Made, yeah. made by contemporary right. bird clip yeah. artists. I mean, yeah. like it, because all that other stuff goes for a lot of money, but mm. a lot of times you'll see uh bird cliff art just like at, at shows in Woodstock. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. like it's, it's a yeah. really, it's, it's like the original artist that came to Woodstock. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So that's when I met you and I was like, she's like yeah. the coolest woman ever. Like it was just I don't know. I, did, I just never, I never knew anyone who did that. And I didn't realize there were residencies for writers. You know, I didn't know any of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then that from was, there, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just thinking that that had to be 2006. Isn't that crazy? That sounds, yeah, I know. Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember. I remember our first date at the at the Red Onion. Plug for the Red, Red Onion? Onion. It was Red Onion, not Miss Lucy's. It was the Red. No, it was Red Onion. Red Onion. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yes. Because you you knew my husband through sobs through your sob. Yes. Yes. Yes, I did. On sobs. We still have That's a sob. Oh. Awesome. Yeah. I don't make sobs anymore. <laughs> I know. It's um, very sad. I know. Um. So then, from there. Hmm. What happened? So your residency was up. Yeah. I mean, you mean in terms of the Hudson like how, Valley? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we were, <laughs> you know, we were like, oh my God, we can't live in the city all the time because we haven't for like five years and right. that we can't do it anymore. Yeah. So um, we looked for another rental and we, uh, my husband was like, look at this house. Like he saw a listing and it was for such a low price that we were like, what's wrong with it? And we kept coming up with, we're like, Native American burial ground. Somebody's been <laughs> murdered there. Like all these things. And there, and there was like, there, uh, like there was a, a, like a clerical error that like was a problem. Like there was no title for the house. So they, because it got lost somewhere. So that mm-hmm. was really what, why, but it was so, I mean, like the way that Hudson Valley real estate has like skyrocketed, like it's right. absurd. We were so lucky, yeah. but um, it was a house also that really looks like a Birdcliff house. It's um, it's a it's very special, unique, and it's beautiful. Very it's beautiful. special. Yeah. It's adorable. It's from 1850. Um, it's been added onto um, four times, and it's 800 square feet. Which also, um, I want to say that our apartment in New York, where I am presently, is a thousand square feet. So I'm the only person I know who went to buy a house and bought a smaller place than their New York City apartment. I feel like there has to be an award for that somewhere. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we we love it. Yeah. It's it's adorable. I, Last time I was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, it's. And you guys did a lot of weird. work on it. Like you, yeah, we have a lot more to do, but yeah, but we, you did a you did a lot on it then. Yeah, did, a lot of patience. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So where then did your writing take you, location wise? Next, I mean, um, you or know, what are some I of the just, places that it's taken you? I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, um. Well, I just went to Greece for my, one of my operas, which was like super fun. And then um, I actually went to Paris the summer before on a, oh on a residency. And I was like, I was literally like, oh God, it's the same thing. I'm like, wait a second, I have to go to Europe this summer. I need to find some some situation that brings me to Europe. <laughs> um, but I've also, I've worked, um, it, you know, the, the podcast that I'm writing, I mean, I didn't, I haven't gone there, but it's through Audible UK. So, um, and then uh, a, a play turned into a film of mine went to Melbourne, although it was during the pandemic, so I didn't get to go. Um, but you know, I've I've worked um, I've worked like a lot of places across the country, like theaters, or um, I've gotten residencies at uh, universities. Mm-hmm. Um, in different places in, in Delaware and in Tennessee, which Tennessee has become like a, had, had become a second artistic home. Like the mm. school that I was there has probably given me like three or four different residencies. And we were just there uh-huh. doing um, a play in, um, in April. So, yeah. So I, I'm a big Nashville person now because mm. I've been spending so much time in Tennessee. 
So cool. Yeah. Wow. Um, the, are there a lot of scripted podcasts? Um, yeah, no, I know. Um, okay. So there, there apparently are like during the writer's strike, apparently a lot, there's a lot more now, but, um, Mm. uh, there are, I don't know audience wise, like right. if, if that, if it's comparative to the ones that are, you know, the podcasts of what we think of. Right. Right. Um, but it's a really cool form of yeah. storytelling. It is um, like the old, an old radio show. Like, a, that's yeah. Really and I'm, it's fun because like literally my first uh, professional credit was I wrote a radio play for NPR like a, a really long time ago where I had never written for audio. I had never written a musical and I had never written something historical. And I decided again, like being the overachiever that I was going to do all <laughs> of those things at the same time. Uh, but it was super fun. Like I loved uh, especially watching the Foley artists, which are the people that make all the noises, you know, oh, record yeah. all of, oh, cool. is so fun. Yeah. That was like part of the most fun yeah. uh, part of it. So, yeah. So will it be, because it's, I know it probably sounds like a stupid question. Will this be, because it's Audible UK, recorded in the UK? Or can it be recorded here? Uh, no, because it's mostly, it's it's going to be American. Like we haven't cast because they need me to write more of the scripts before right. they're going to do that. But um uh, the people we've been talking about are mostly American actors, okay. but, um, what's cool as, as you know, cause you've done a podcast is like, what's, what's attractive to actors is they can record from anywhere. They don't have to go to a studio together and, um, you can like do a whole season in like mm. a much shorter amount of time than you can do a yeah. TV series or you can do, um, a movie yeah, or a play. Yeah. So it's, um, so people, yeah, it's, it's just fun. And also really cool. yeah. <laughs> you can play somebody different. You're not bound by right. your age or your oh, right. physical, like, cause it's just the voice. Yeah. So I love that. And, you know, audio, obviously audio books have become just people, I mean, people still read, but they just, there's just less and less time it seems like for people. So this is even cooler because you don't need to be yeah you know staring at something you can just I I mean I listen yeah I love listening to uh, podcasts I love listening to audiobooks I love to read if I can but a lot of times I don't have as much time especially during the school year so I'm really excited about this so no pressure it's um (laughs) it's no it's it's fun because like when you you know I was I've been writing the outlines and um the person who's like one of the production people is like, you know, they want, they want you to think about what sounds mm. obviously we're hearing. So it's like, not just the dialogue, yeah. but it's like, okay, so what, okay. So we need to establish that this is, this is their house. And like one room, which is like a, a, a newer addition has a higher ceiling and it's going to sit Ooh, like, oh. it, it has wood floors and like, you know, you, oh have the, you have to think about all this and then, you know, there's a dog and like, you know, like what kind of shtick can the dog do? Like, you know, because like, so you have to, you have to establish various things. And then also there's these things where we're going into their heads. And so you have to come up with like, okay, give them an idea of what kind of a sound. So like whenever people hear that sound, we know we're in somebody's head. And so it's, um, 
it's like instead of when you're writing a screenplay, you're always like you have to tell the story visually, like because you're not relying on dialogue all the time. So this is like you really have to rely on sound and you have to think about how much information people can take in because like we don't have visual clues, right? So like you have to really think is a sound going to be confusing and people will be like, what is that sound? Mm -hmm. Rather than like, oh my God, that dog is chewing an ice cube. And that's what they do when they get home. They throw an ice cube on the floor and the dog comes and runs and, you know, it's fun. Yeah. Oh, that's, I didn't, I never thought about that. That's, wow. That's really, I'm not going to say cool. (laughs) That is, yeah, that's, that's really fun too. Wow. (laughs) Do you, how are you going to consult with somebody, you mean, or like to figure out when you're writing with the sounds or you're just going to write what's happening? Yeah, so it's like, it's like basically, um, you know, there's people that, um, there's, there's like development executives that are like a little more focused on the story. And then there's the people that do the production that they're a little more focused on, mm-hmm. you know, not completely there's bleed obviously, but they're a little more focused on like, but what are we going to be hearing? Yeah. Um, it's just like, you know, when I was writing Arthur, there's like the people that are like looking at the story and then there's the animators being like, Hey, we can't do that. Or, Hey, like, it, it's very funny because like one thing that is death in animation is a character just standing there talking. It's not. So the, you always have to think about, but what are they doing? What are they like? You gotta, you gotta come up with things that they're doing. Cause yeah. like an actor can stand there and be right. compelling but yeah. an animated character is, isn't going to be. So yeah. it's, it's interesting. Wow. Yeah, very. Definitely things I have not thought about. Um, it's really, really cool. Um, this like doesn't even segue very well, but <laughs> what is your self-care? That's nothing to do with anything you were talking about. Oh, that's funny. Um, well, uh, Okay, so right before what a, this is going to be a weirdo thing to say, but no. like right before I jumped on with you, I have been seeing a cognitive behavioral therapist for insomnia Ooh. because if you probably remember this, I I I'm like a an, I was I'm going to say I was an amazing insomniac for a really long time, and um, <laughs> so I finally like I tried all sorts of things, and then somebody told me about. You know, it's basically like relearning how to sleep and relearning how to, um, like to like basically insomnia, um, if it's not caused by a health thing Mm -hmm. is a habit. And so you need to like create a habit to overlay over this very pervasive habit. So, um, it's funny because there was just an article in the New York times about it and they said that most people you know, only need to go three to eight times. And I was like, okay, screw you. Screw you, New York Times. Because like, you know, I'm such a good insomniac that like it's been a oh, year and, and like nine months, you know. Um, but like I just I um it's been very interesting because um I'm a strong habit forming person. So mm-hmm. it's harder for me. And then the other thing is like 10% of the population are strong compensators. And what that mm. means is you can override the need to sleep like pretty well. Mm. So uh, because I had both of those things, I was wow. like, no, I'm good. And I was like, you know, <laughs> nah. out of my mind. Yeah. But 
you know, wow. completely functional and no one would ever know that right. I was just not sleeping. How so how often do you go to therapy? Um, now it's like once a month and okay. it, you know, it was usually like um because you have to keep these sleep logs. Mm. Here. Audience, sleep logs. Where you write okay. like how much you're sleeping and when you think you wake up and like. Um, Do you also sleep yeah. with uh, something like a monitor on you? No, he said okay. that um, that actually people tend to have a pretty good idea of when they're oh. sleeping or not sleeping, okay. and they they found that um, this is you know I think for certain cases going to the lab is probably better, but mm-hmm. for many people keeping logs. But anyway, so I I'm, one of my self care is to. Um, work on my sleep. Yeah. And w- one of my other biggest ones is I, um, I am an Ashtangi yogi yeah. and I practice like, as you know, cause yes. we did that together. Yes. I practice like four times a week yeah. doing that. And- I still do yoga. I actually do yoga every day, but it's not Ashtanga. I, that's good. Yeah. Um, with, um, a platform. It's a boho beautiful. It's mm-hmm. called, they had a YouTube channel and now they have their own. I'm on their platform and I just I I like have to do that every day I mean if we yep. go away on vacation I don't like maybe I don't or something but pretty much and it's that's what really gets me yeah yeah take time away and everything but um yeah Ashtanga I was we did Ashtanga and I will do like I like to do some of the videos they have. It's Ashtanga based, so I like I always I always love the ones that have more Ashtanga in it. Of course, yeah. It's oh interesting God, though, doing yoga for so long. There's still things I can't do now that I could do. Even I'm saying, even after like I'm not saying, oh, of course, before I was pregnant, like things changed. But it's I always thought, well, if I keep doing it, I don't stop. Yeah. I should always be able to do this certain pose a certain way and be this flexible. And it's, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's not like that. It's age. No, <laughs> and it's, no, but, yeah. but what's really interesting. So the woman, so, uh, during the pandemic, my teacher went on zoom and which is crazy for Ashtanga because like everybody has their own yeah. sequence yeah. and she watches the little boxes and she's really good at it. Mm-hmm. And, um, but what I've learned is like the yoga isn't what tricks you can do. The yoga is like meeting yourself. This sounds mm-hmm. so hokey, so forgive no, but, me. But like no, meeting okay. yourself where you are, where are. and yeah. like also um, knowing like, okay, so like my shoulder's bothering me. So like mm-hmm. what is the essence of the pose? How can I express it right. without like pushing myself? Um, yeah. So m- – you know, I found like, cause you and I are both like strong and stretchy. So mm-hmm. we could do some of the crazy tricks, um, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. like, I mean, I still have ego around that, but, um, yeah. I've also learned like, I don't know, it's a good thing to know, like you can do part of something and yes. you're still getting it, you know? It's just, And it's also amazing how one day you're like, oh yeah, yes. especially with balances yeah. and on my left side. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I did them both. I I was great for both, and then the next day you're like, I'm falling all over the place. It's yeah, just, yeah. It, it really does humble you, and and yes. I definitely gotten over some things. Like I think it was to was it today or was it yesterday? I was like, I thought I felt pretty grounded this morning. Like I didn't think I was anxious. Yeah. But I think I'm like 
whoop, whoop. And I just kind of laugh now. I don't get like, like mad about it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not supposed to do that today <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, one of my friends always says like, sometimes it's just like brushing your teeth. Like you just showed up and you did right. it. And like, that's, that's it. And then other times you're like, wow, I was, I was, I was on. And then other times you're like, okay, you know, but you're right. There's no, sometimes there's no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I just don't think I will ever get sick of it. It's just. Yeah. I love it. You could it. do, like I said, the same move two days in a row and it definitely feels different. Yeah. I, I love so. it. I mean, I definitely feel like I feel it. Like I didn't do it on, on, I usually do it on Wednesday and I didn't do it. And I, I you start feel feeling weird, like a little, right? yeah. I know. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you tell, like, I, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff, but what's one thing that you do now, like for bed, for sleeping, I guess, that has helped you? Maybe that, yeah. like one thing? Um, <laughs> I'm okay. Sure well, the hilarious thing is one of the, like, main things of doing this this uh, kind of therapy is that there's three five minute meditations that you do during the day. Mm -hmm. um, and the idea okay. is that during the meditation, you will, you will get off topic. And so it's about bringing yourself back. It's like not really about the meditation. It's about bringing yourself back. Mm -hmm. And then you're supposed to take um, two of these exercises and bring them to bed. And hopefully you fall asleep when you do one of when them. You do one. Okay. So the, th the three different exercise, one is, um, a muscle tension and release. So like going through the body and like tensing something up and then mm -hmm. releasing it. Um, the second is a breathing exercise and that's the one that I use most mm -hmm. often. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the third is a visualization. Mm. Um, so it's like different ways of, of, um, of triggering the mind that it's time for sleep. But, uh, so you do it, you do it once during the day, uh, the, the full set, and then you bring it to bed. And then, so having establishing routines, I guess I would mm -hmm. say. And these are all <clears throat> self-led. You're not, are you listening to something or, or you're, you're doing it yourself? No. Okay. Yeah. Because it's yeah. not great to probably fall asleep with things in your ears, right? maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, I, I think that a lot of it is about relying on yourself. Cause yeah. like, you know, um, he also like, I was, you know, I've tried various different drugs or like pot or whatever. And yeah. he like wants you to get off of all of them to prove to yourself that you don't need something yeah. to sleep. So makes sense. Yeah. Mm. So it's helping. Yeah. I mean, it's been really slow. Like I, I kept calling myself remedial girl. Cause, and then I'd be like, I'd be like, I'm smart. How come I'm not getting this? And like, you know, like a few people would be like, I think that's probably the problem. You can't smart your way through it. Like nobody cares that you're smart. That's not like helping, right. you know, irrelevant. Mm -hmm. not, not So, um, yeah, but it, it is, it's just like, I, I, I mean, I hate to, I, I was telling him, I'm like, I hate to say it out loud, but I think I've turned a corner and he's like, Yay. you have. Yay. So, yeah. Hey. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good, good. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I love how New York Times is like, eight, what did they say? I know. Three, three to eight. eight. I was like, I was like, what, do you want to just make everyone feel like a loser? You know? Who are they serving? I mean, come on. 
I mean, I, I'm you know, God love it. I'm sure there are people, but like, you know, for those of I us know, who maybe, fall outside those margins. Maybe the ones that had like crazy success, that that's the, they're the ones they surveyed, you know? <laughs> like maybe. Like, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is something you can't leave the house without? Is, is there something? Like you're like, I have to have this on me or I feel weird or um like it doesn't even have to be sentimental. <laughs> No, but I mean, like, you know, I, um, one thing I will say is that, um, going back to, it's always about clothes is like, (laughs) I, I like, I like dressing up. I like dressing up for the occasion. So, um, even when I go out to do something casual, not that I dress up, but I'm like very aware, aware of what you're wearing, of of what I'm wearing, mm -hmm. not in a, like, in a, like, this is what I feel like being today. Right. Like that feels like that's how I like to go through the world. Like yeah. this is what I want to look like yeah. today. I like that. Yeah. Um, what can't you live without? Yeah, I guess I can't say clothes again. I got to come up with something else. Um, I mean, I would definitely say yoga, but we already covered that. So like, let me try to come up with well, something that we didn't cover. Um, well, you, you could say yoga. Yeah. I mean, what could I not live? Okay. I will tell you that like, I hope they watch this. Um, I was out last night with, uh, with basically two of my collaborators, one who's a producer and one who is, um, an actor that I've done a one person show with and we, we created it together. And, um, we just got into a conversation about like what motivates like why we're doing what we're doing, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is a lot of times you're not talking about that. You're talking about the, like, I mean, to make stuff happen, you're like, who's the, what, the, where, the, when, the yesterday, the like more money, the like logistics of getting, like, how do we get to blah, blah, blah. And like, do they have the right copy of the film? I mean, the right version of the film and like all of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. So those are like the stuff, but like to sit there and like, um, you know, to like, listen to them. And then to be like, this is I've had this thought a few times. And I I feel like it's a sort of a adjacent to what you're asking. But I feel like um, what I can't live without are people that I feel that are passionate about what they do. Mm -hmm. And the fact that like, I could see the similar passion in me in them. Mm -hmm. And that I've created a life for myself, where these are the people around me, like I'm so incredibly grateful and yes. that is what I can't live without. I, I, I need that. like, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I said peanut butter. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know we were going in that direction. <laughs> I, I would have thought we like. No, I love that you said that. <laughs> I'm just making fun of myself. <laughs> well, I was going to say clothes, but I already oh. said that. So, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. All right. That's the end of my questions. Look at that. 55 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll put everything in the description about, you know, where to find you and all that stuff. Um, anything else you want to you wanna add or say or? No, but it's, it's just like, I'm so glad this was a, a, something that brought us back together. Yes. Since clearly, I'm just like. Oh, friends. La, la, la. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. 
Yeah, it was great. It was great. Thank you. Right. Bye, everyone. Bye.